Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topics, and unlimited entertainment. On today's show, we have a big green beast called She-Hulk. We talk about the loss of Chadwick Boseman and how it affected Wakanda forever. And finally, everything will be everywhere all at once. I am your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alin. Hey, Lynn. Welcome. What's going, what's going on? Oh, you know, pod stuff. Yeah, just podding. Podding, pod stuff. Podding along. Yeah, how's your Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's right. That was this week. Yeah, that was a thing. That, <laughs> that, was, that was a thing. That was this week. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you, but since the pandemic, I've just lost all ideas of space, time. What is today? <laughs> what is tomorrow? Yeah. Is it? I feel like, like a, everything everywhere all at once was your movie then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. Like someone was like, happy Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, yeah, to you too. It's like, is it Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. It feels like it was just, you know, feels like it was just like April. But sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the calendar says. But yeah, it was good. It was, it was. It was. The calendar says. <laughs> if, uh, if. You know, it was a good Thanksgiving. I have a I have a small family, so it's just hanging out with them. I want to use that in the future when somebody says, "What's today? Wednesday?" I'm gonna be like, "That's what the calendar says." That's what the calendar says. The other thing that I always like to say, and I don't know if I've told you this, like when I have to do something at work and it's like Thursday or Friday and I have no motivation to do it, I'm always mm-hmm. like, "That's a problem for next week, Alin." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I always say that I hit the wall like there's there's an actual because I have to do grading every day or I will never keep up with it. And so I always have like a grading goal for myself. I'm like, I'm going to grade this stack today. And then Friday, there is always the grading wall and I hit it. And sometimes I hit it like nine in the morning. <laughs> sometimes I oh, no. out till about noon, but <laughs> there's always a wall. There's... And then that becomes Monday's grading goal. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like. This is why our school system should just be pass or fail. (laughs) Or a four-day week. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we got a big one today. So this will be fun. Let's see what we can do here. So we're going to start with today's little three. And today's little three starts with a topic that um, you brought up. And it was the idea of there are certain movies out there. And I'm sure that the um, four people in the audience can play along. Um, is the <laughs> idea that there are certain movies that you don't say anything about when you're going to recommend that somebody watch them. You can't say anything. You just say, go see it. You have to watch this movie. Just go, just, I, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. There are actors in it, and it takes place in a place, and that's it. Go. And, then, and those kinds of movies. And so we tried to come up with a list of a few of those. Am I explaining it correctly? Yeah. Something where you watch it, maybe you had seen like a poster for it and thought, oh, okay. And then it appears on a streaming service and you're like, I'll just kind of watch this, not knowing what the movie was about. And this is, this also goes for books for me, but I remember covers. So Mm. I remember posters and I remember seeing book covers and I'll pick out a book based on the fact that I thought the cover was cool and I must have seen it on a list, so it must be good. Mm -hmm. But that's how I kind of came across Barbarian. Like, oh, I recognize this poster. 
Mm-hmm. It did come out in the movies at some point because I remember seeing it listed. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to watch it and then thoroughly enjoying it and then telling other people to watch it. But don't look anything up about it because having knowledge at our fingertips, it's 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 difficult to tell people like don't look anything up, like don't look up a review of the movie, even sometimes looking up IMDb will yeah. give it away. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm the perfect person for this because I hate having reveal. I would I would watch every movie this way if I could, you know, like just don't don't know anything about it and just go into it. But sometimes you just can't avoid stuff. Um, but I, I enjoy like not knowing what's going to happen and going into a movie much more than being like, oh, I already saw 75 percent of this in the trailer. I have a good idea where this is going. You know, like I don't I don't like that. So. You recommended Barbarian to us. We watched it. I want to say that I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than Damien. He was he was just weirded out by the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, but it was it was and this is for anyone spoilers. Don't talk about like. Oh, do we want to say anything? I don't do want to. I'm not gonna. I I think more or less like I'm gonna reveal what's like on IMDb, I guess, because okay. you're watching the movie. There are no opening credits. So you have no idea who's in the movie or where it's going. Mm-hmm. And and then a scars guard is there. Yep. And you're like, okay. And you're watching it. And you're like, where is this movie going? And then mm-hmm. suddenly Justin Long shows up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what it is-, is one of those like three act kind of things. Like there's yes. a part one, a part two and a part three kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. And it gets progressively weirder. Um, Mm -hmm. I think for these kinds of movies, what we kind of want to say is maybe what genre they're in. Like, because this to me, this is a horror movie. So like when you're when you're recommending this to someone, I think you have to warn them. Don't 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 look at anything. Don't watch anything. But it's it's scary and and a little disturbing and gross. So if that's not your jam, this isn't the one for you. You know what I mean? And I think some of these movies you don't talk about genre, they they do very well in the horror genre. Because the other one that I thought of immediately was Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And that's also like horror genre about these kids who go to a cabin in the woods. That's it. And that's that's it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and if you've seen it, you know why. Because there's just something magical about going on the ride with that movie and being like, what? is happening and then you you have that what am i watching what am i watching where is this going yeah but it goes it actually goes yes (laughs) and there and in in the movies that we're going to talk about they're all very crisp like they do what they have to do no run uh long run times or anything like that this is what we're here for this is what we're going to do and end exactly Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just it, 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 I think it works best with the horror genre. Yeah, I, yeah, the ones a lot of the ones that I came up with were like that we would um, that Damien and I kind of bounce back off each other were, were horror genre because, you know, there's some kind of twist or something or, you know, that kind of thing. But then the other one that we came up with 
that I had actually said this to you because Barbarian, you said it to me. Don't look at anything. Go watch yes. it, right? Yes. And then Roll Reversed, I had said to you, don't look at anything. Go watch Searching. Right. And that one is not horror. So if you like the idea of what we're talking about, but not necessarily the, you know, gross, disturbing aspects. Right. Well, I would yeah, Searching. I see. I would even say like Searching's kind of a modern horror. But more I mean, suspense. I mean, yeah, it's, it's more so suspense, it's like yeah. it's more suspense and like it doesn't. And it's have... like mystery. It's like right. almost like detective-y, mystery solvey. And it like really put a new spin. Yes. On it and watching it, you're like, because I I remember watching the first five minutes of it, thinking I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get into this just because it was shot so differently. Yeah. It, but once it's, it's like its own genre. Right. And what? But once you got into the cadence. Of the movie, and you started to like anticipate. Okay, he's gonna open that window. Okay, he's over here now. He's on that page. Because mm-hmm. um, it was, it was like watching someone's computer screen mm-hmm. for a, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So these were all like kind of suspense thrillers, but obviously with Cabin in the Woods and Barbarian, definitely veers into a horror mm-hmm. towards the back end. But yeah. So, yeah, these are all movies that we would recommend. Don't 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 read about them. Just yeah. go watch all of them. They're like, all very don't, good. They're all don't very look different. Up, yeah, don't look up with the Rotten Tomato score. Don't Google review. Like Mm-mm. just just go in, hit the play, watch it, and then you can read everything you want about it after. Yes. Did you um have any additional ones that came to you as you were thinking about it? You know, my brain isn't functioning <laughs> as it should. But like one thing that and I, and I had to ask as I recommended it to people in Barbarian, Kate Bosworth is listed as being in Barbarian. And I didn't see her. Oh, is she the one that looks very different? No. Okay. I, so when I was telling people to watch it, I'm like, keep an eye out for Kate Bosworth because I didn't see her. And I didn't care enough to rewind it and try to find her. Was she in the scene from the past? She was the voice of the of Justin Long's agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the and voice I, on the phone. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why why would they even put that? There? I know, right? Why would they go out of their way? <laughs> It's like it's not a distinctive voice. Like if it was James Earl Jones or something. Like, you'd be like, oh, dude, James Earl Jones. But yeah. Oh, no, that's it's right. like, okay, that could have been anyone talking on the phone. But sure, <laughs> give her the credit, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah. So we're all was, building a resume. Exactly. Exactly. Voiceover work. Good yeah. for her. Hey, I'd do it. I'd do it. You know. Anybody making a video game out there? Need some Oh, that's true. Need some mic work? You got me in a Lynn. Yeah. Well, more so you. I think yeah. you have a you have a a good podcast voice. I've gotten a lot of feedback that you have a good podcast voice, it, which is is a way of saying like, yeah, Lynn, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, 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 it's no. all right. It's all right. We all Aww. have our strengths and our weaknesses. So yeah, you have and, plenty. You have yeah, but plenty. you. I mean, you can sing too. So you've got like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying again for this year for the faculty talent show. So we'll see how that all goes. All right. All right. Yeah. I have a I have a costume this time and everything. Ooh. Ooh. I know. All right. 
Well, shall we shall we do it, Alin? Oh gosh. There it is. <laughs> so so for those of you who have been in your house watching streaming things, because uh living in New England, the weather went from being kind of nice and enjoying global warming to now it's cold. So one of the new premieres, exclusive streaming premiere, is Don't Worry Darling. And in case you were curious, the reason why Don't Worry Darling is connected to that failure sound is because it is yet another installment in everyone's favorite segment, Alin Reviews Bad Movies. Yeah, this, you know, I said to you when I watched it, I mean, I was expecting a train wreck. Right. Really... Yeah, you said it wasn't as bad as like Halloween Kills and stuff like that. No, and it was just, it was every sort of movie you've ever seen about an idyllic, perfect community. Like a Stepford you, Wives kind of thing. Yeah, it's like Stepford Wives meets The Truman Show. Mm-hmm. You you know that there is something sinister afoot. It's not too difficult to try to figure it out. There is like a little spin on it, but it's nothing shocking. Mm-hmm. And there's no consequence. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did really enjoy the pitch meeting for this. Did yes. Did you get a chance to watch it? I I did watch it, and it sums it up basically the the entire movie. I know one thing that he mentioned quite a bit was we're gonna see this weird stuff like earthquakes and and everything, and then and then oh that's that's crazy. When are we gonna figure out what that's about? Oh no, we won't. <laughs> no, no, and it's just like well why introduce it? Like there was no real need to introduce it this this... reminds me a lot of like lost where it was like what's with that polar bear what's with that smoke monster what's with you know and then eventually it was just like okay i guess we're not coming back to any yeah it's like shh don't pay attention to that hey shut up so anyway (laughs) 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 okay so tell us why tell us why this belongs in elin reviews bad movies even if the movie itself is only mediocre, there's a lot going on here beyond the movie, weirdly. Yes. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, watching the movie, the cast, it's interesting. But the off-screen antics of the cast is what really got people drawn to the movie. Because I don't know if you watched uh, Olivia Wilde's first movie it was book smart no actually I've, I've not even heard of it but i know she hasn't been directing for very long right Th- yeah this is her second this is her second movie now book smart i really enjoyed and it was kind of like because it kind of reminded me of like us in high school mm-hmm. it was basically the i'm gonna call us nerds like the nerds decided mm-hmm. they were going to go out and have like what they were going to do what other high school students had been doing mm-hmm. in their entire high school experience. So they like go out to parties, they're drinking. It's like sort of those antics. Mm-hmm. But so it was it was cute. It was a like, you know, one of those coming of age movies where they've been, you know, best friends through high school and then they're sort of going to go their own 
way for different colleges. And this is like their last opportunity to hang out and maybe be crazy and experience these things together because they don't want to go to college not having gone to high school parties and not having like hung out with the cool kids or tried marijuana or things like that. So mm-hmm. that was so that was like surprisingly good. It was like kind of it was heartfelt. So is it, it kind of like a buddy comedy kind of thing? Yeah, but it's got a lot of heart. Okay. To it, you know, because it is like when you're, you know, 17, 18, everything is life and death. Right. And you get except that for sort the things of, that should be. Exactly. It's like you dumb kids. If you only knew. <laughs> you know, yeah, work with them every yeah. day. I love you guys if you're listening. But yeah, you know, but it's, your priorities are whacked out. Let yeah, and that. you're gonna be like, I wish, I wish that was my priority. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. So but, you had decently moderate expectations, you know, based on this first movie. Right. So it was like, oh, she can direct. Yeah, and then the trailer came out and it looked interesting. Like, okay, because you have Florence Pugh, who she's no matter what you say about her, she is solid in whatever she does. Yeah, she really is. She's she's a great actress. I'm gonna enjoy watching her like in various other things as she, you know, grows and becomes an actress. Um, so she's really good in it. And then you have Harry Styles, who he's trying to be an actor. Uh-huh. And his he's British. I'm sure you're aware of that because he started out in one direction. But his British accent was in and out in this movie. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, is he supposed to be British? And I feel like at some point Olivia Wilde was just like, just whatever. Just you're so beautiful. Just say whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And we'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like, okay, this is an interesting cast. And Olivia Wilde is also in it. Um, so she's acting and directing. She's acting and directing, which she really just should have chose one or the other. Because um, yeah. neither don't feel that way about the actor-director thing. It's just like, okay, we get it. You're very talented. Just go sit down. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay. I, and this doesn't sound horrible. I hate body shaming people. But her forehead is really distracting <laughs> to me. <laughs> and, you know, she's she is a beautiful woman. I'm not saying anything like that, but it's just the way she was styling her hair in the 1950s. There's not a lot of bangs. And I feel like there should be more bangs uh, for Olivia Wilde's forehead. Oh, this is horrible. I feel oh. horrible saying this. But, but you know, so you watch the movie would not have had any sort of following because it's not Harry Styles first act acting, you know, experience. He's been in other movies. He's in a movie right now on uh, Amazon prime, my policeman. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, Oh, it's his acting debut or it's, it's not, not like, her directing debut. Yeah. And it's Florence Pugh in another movie. Like she's just already been in movies. The only reason this movie and we're talking about it and it's on anyone's radar is because number one, Olivia Wilde left her husband, Jason Sudeikis for Harry Styles, who she met on this movie. And up until recently, they just, they just announced that they broke up. But they were together for two years. So it's like, oh. And then Jason Sudeikis served Olivia Wilde with divorce papers while she was promoting this film. On stage, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's not 
classy. <laughs> yeah, and he's saying he didn't know, but it's like, come on. Mm-mm. It's still, it's like, yeah. mm-mm. And then, of course, it, it also got on everyone's radar because Harry Styles allegedly spit on Chris Pine at the can. Do we know what this was even about? I like, no, and they're both saying that it didn't happen, but you know, internet sleuths have slowed down the time of you know the video to show that, that it did happen. Yeah. And then I also heard that like Florence Pugh is just ticked about the whole thing and said that Olivia Wilde was extremely unprofessional and like making out with Harry Styles in front of everyone and she was like I'm never going to work with any of these people again and she refuses to do any promotion for the movie and she's just like hardcore out she was done yeah and that and the other thing when you're talking about Olivia Wilde is I guess Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be oh god do we have to talk about I know we have to talk about this because this is this is good. This is like, what are you doing with your life, Olivia Wilde? So Shia LaBeouf was supposed to play the Harry Styles role. And they went through pre-production or whatever it is before they start filming. And she said that he. Hold on, was, I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. She said that she fired him. OK. And he's saying that he quit. So off the cuff, I'm more inclined to believe her just because Shia LaBeouf has had some stuff in the past. But Shia LaBeouf had the receipts. He had a he had text messages and videos where she was begging him to come back to the movie. (laughs) Oh, gosh, this is such a train wreck. So that's what I mean, like. And, you know, there have been other movies where the the drama that is off screen is, you know, more intriguing than what happens on screen. The the one movie that I kept thinking about um, and we're bringing it back to the the 2000s, like remember when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were together on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yep, yep, yep. And broke up the Jennifer Aniston marriage. And that was just a mediocre action movie. Yeah, but Angelina Jolie looked really good in that movie, so... Oh, she did. Yeah, she did. And I mean, you know, it doesn't excuse what happened, but it certainly does explain what happened. No, I mean, hey, if I worked with Angelina Jolie, hey. I would switch teams. Yeah. You know? Amen, sister. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, it's it's not a good movie. It's an eh movie It's a mad movie, but it's made worse by the fact that it's just such a train wreck off screen that you just can't even focus on the mess of the movie. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I told you was the, the soundtrack was great because it takes place in the fifties. So there's a lot of fifties music, but I don't think that music should, you know, sort of <laughs> be a part of a film to move the narrative along. Yeah. Or you don't think that like, if you're discussing a film, you don't want to say like, Hey, the best thing about this film was the soundtrack. Like, I don't really want to say yeah, that, you know? Exactly. And it's like, Oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks bro. <laughs> yeah. And if I like, you know, watch the pitch meeting if you haven't. Uh, yeah. That pretty much sums it up. You it know? sums it up. I am not recommending it. I'm not even saying if you're bored, to watch it i mean there's got to be a there's got to be someone on youtube probably went through and just did all the stills of harry style looking very dapper 
which is what he looks like in this movie, you know? Yeah, the internet can help you with that. You don't need to watch this. No, I mean, he does look very dapper in his little suits. There there has to be something said about the way, not that I want to go back to, to that time period as a woman, but there oh, no. is something to be said, like, about how dapper people used to dress. Yeah. Yeah, clothing styles throughout history have been fascinating. And like, then... I, we got to this point and just stopped, I think, evolving yeah. culturally. <laughs> like, I went on an airplane not too long ago, and, like, we're all standing there, and I'm like, we all look like we are homeless. Like, yeah. Is it like the leggings, giant t-shirt, yes! flip-flops thing? Yeah, and it's like, you know, people used to dress up to go on planes. It used but to be to a be fair, thing. people used to also have more leg room when they dressed no, up to go true. on planes. <laughs> you didn't have to pay. Like, the thing that I'm, I'm going to rant against the airlines, it's like, here, you can have a cheap seat. And it's like, oh, cool. It's like, but if you want more leg room and you want to bring on more than one bag, that's $170. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's how they get you. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, but uh, we, need, we need our teleporters, Lynn. You and I have said this many times. Yeah, where is all this technology? I, I know. Would can be we Star Trek this a little bit more, please? Can we Yo, get that going? Like, what is going on? I, I feel know. like we're really lagging. I know. Anyway. Yeah. So don't watch it, darling. Don't watch. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were holding on to that one. No, that just came to me naturally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cute. All right. So um, one of our newer features that we have is called the little catch up. And it's just us basically um, dropping some names about things that we've been doing and watching stuff that we're not going to talk more about on the pod, but that we may want to bring up in case you're interested. So maybe we can ping pong back and forth here, Alin. Um sure. So I watched a movie on Netflix called The School of Good and Evil and enjoyed it way more than I had any right there, there was no reason why this movie needed to be good and it was i can't explain it but um it's a young adult kind of fantasy movie about these girls who are really good friends and um it's set in this fairy tale kind of universe and they go to these schools one is called the school for good and one is called the school for evil where they learn how to be fairy tale kind of princesses and and heroes and the school for evil you learn how to be fairy tale villains mm -hmm. and the whole idea is these two schools should balance each other out and uh evil should test good and make it you know be in check and and give you the chance to either rise above or fail and you know good should be as a role model to people out there to you know survive that check against evil and there is a twist in this show that makes the whole show or the whole movie way better than it had any right to be. And it has a the most bizarrely stacked cast you will ever see in your life. Charlize Theron is in this movie. Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Michelle Yeoh is in it. She has the best line in the whole movie, by the way. Oh. Um, the the kids are amazing. The There's um, one kid who um, plays the main villain and he's in also Shadow and Bone. Um, he played the kid with the gun, the sharpshooter, who was with the sort of uh, thieving group. But um, the girl who, the, the two friends, um, one of them is named, her real name is Sophia Ann Caruso. This girl was unbelievable in, in this movie. She was so good. I was shocked at how good she was. Um, I'm actually going to look up how old she is. <laughs> I know I'm looking it up right now. Cause I know I'm about to be very upset because you did not mention one of my favorite people in the world is also in this movie. 
Which one? Carrie Washington. Yes, she plays the head of the school for good. Um, and she's amazing in this. There, I, I can't, I, I have no idea how, why this movie ended up being as good as it was. It reminds me a lot of Frozen. It's like a live action kind of Frozen without the music, where its real focus is on friendship and the family you make and, you know, not abandoning your family or your friends, like being true to who you are. And, you know, it's it's got some really good lessons in it it's got some really good vibes in it it's Wait, got an amazing Land, soundtrack shits in it? she does the narrator uh she's the voice um this but, is like, so weird it's crazy alin i don't know what happened this movie came out of nowhere and i gotta tell you the only reason why i watched it at all was when i was in new york on that crazy new york trip that i told you about that i chaperoned oh. for school um yes. We were in Times Square, and in Times Square, they have this, like, really big billboard um, that kind of, like, wraps around a building, and it has this ability to, like, project 3D and look all crazy styles, and it's it's a really eye-catching billboard, and they sometimes you'll see pictures of it on Reddit, like, whatever they're advertising at any given moment. They had an ad for this movie on that billboard, and I was, like, fascinated by watching it, and I was like... What is this movie? These costumes. Oh, the costumes in this movie are un. I want Sophie's entire wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I would really recommend if you kind of like, you know, you don't have a problem with like the tone of, say, the Hunger Games kind of young adult kind of stuff. Like if you're OK watching that kind of stuff, this is probably one of the best one of those I've ever seen. I got nothing else, but it was wow. way, way better than like, it had any right to be. <laughs> I feel like Owen Wilson, wow. 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 Yeah, and I just want to say, like, I don't, I don't understand a lot about Netflix. So I don't understand, like, why this wasn't in the theaters. This with- really could have been in the theaters, and I think it would have done fairly well. The cast is very well known. It, it it's a it was so decent decently decently made decent there was nothing bad about this movie was it amazing did it blow my mind no but it was way better than I thought it was going to be it could have been in the theaters easily and it's also like I guess I'm just thinking like with school vacations and stuff coming up a lot of people like to take their kids to the movies and this is like it True. seems Based on this cast and based on the storyline, it seems like, okay, even if it's not the greatest, you know, like you're saying, like, whoa. I mean, it's still a movie that you could take your kids to and have them watch. Mm -hmm. And it could have made more money. Because I'm even just looking like some of the people who are, It's and it's also insane to me. I have to scroll this far over to see, like, Charlize Theron. Yes, because a lot of them had more, like, bit parts, you know. The the focus was on the kids, um, obviously, and then the adults all were this like real stacked cast of adults, you know, and it was just very interesting the way that they did it. You could tell that they were sort of like got some actresses that were like and actors that were like, OK, do you want to wear really cool outfits and then really ham it up? And they were like, cool, let's do this, you know. So, I, I mean, I would have done this movie just for the set pieces alone. I mean. And it had and, some pretty cool magic battles in it. Like, I feel like it outdid the, you know, the end, like the last Harry Potter movies where they kind of fizzled out on their special effects a little bit. I feel like it kind of picked up some stuff that people really missed out of those last few movies. 
Well, and I'm just looking, the director, and I never know how to pronounce his last name. It's oh, Paul Feig? Feige? Feig, yeah. Feige. I, I, I said the same thing. I was like, mm-hmm. Like, he's, he did Freaks and Geeks and The Heat and the all-female Ghostbusters, which I know is very, you know, sort of divisive. But he's he's a guy with a track record. Yes. And this is also based on a book, a book series. They, uh, Paul Feig uh, helped adapt the screenplay. And um, they do leave it open at the end to make another one, although they tie up the story of this one quite well. There's the there's no cliffhanger, really, at the end of this. It's very well tied together. But they could leave it open for them to do more in the future. And I kind of hope they do. I would go back to this universe. Like, OK, it, it was fun. Anyway, <laughs> all right. What do you got for the little catch-up? Mine was way longer than I wanted it to be. Well, but. yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> so, like for my little my little catch-up, you know, there are there are some movies that you're just kind of like, hmm. I guess I'll watch it on the Roku channel. Did you know Roku had a channel? Oh no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, did I, I lose her? Pebbles out. She was. Oh, I was like, did I lose her? Did I lose her? I'm back. Okay. Okay. So Roku has a channel, which I did not know. Roku and has a lot of channels, which are pretty cool. Yeah, I was not aware of it, and uh, I became aware of it when they put out the Weird Al Yankovic story, starring Daniel Radcliffe in the <laughs> <laughs> as Weird Al. And for those of you youngins who maybe don't know who Weird Al is. I feel like he was a staple of 80s, early 90s. Not so much anymore. Yeah, I feel like the kids, the kids don't know. Um, But (laughs) he would just parody music, popular music. And he would come out with videos. It was ridiculous videos. And he played the accordion. And he was super into polka. Uh, and that's all you really need to know to watch the movie because the movie in and of itself is a parody of a, a biopic. So I don't know. You probably didn't watch and it was like, oof, I want to say like 10 years ago, 15, maybe uh, the walk hard, the Dewey Cox story with um, John C. Riley, where he was supposed to be like a fictional Johnny Cash wannabe I, re- I remember this I haven't seen it but I know what you're talking about yeah so like that movie was bad it was not a good movie th- because it was parodying biopics mm-hmm. the weird Al movie was so good it was better than it had any right to be better than I expected so it we're to both be. in this boat right now <laughs> yeah it was just so stupid it's one of those movies that you're watching it and you're like wouldn't it be funny if they said and then they do say it you're like oh my god they're in my head. What are they doing? <laughs> like, you know, in the Weird Al movie, his parents disapprove of him playing the accordion because the accordion is, is is a gateway to hell. Um, <laughs> well, so, I mean, that's a fair argument. For yeah. Most, yeah. And his father just wants him to work at the factory. Oh, boy. And so Weird Al's like, I don't want to work at the factory. I don't even know what you make there. And his dad's, <laughs> his dad's like, you'll find out when you work at the factory. Like, it's so, it's just, 
<laughs> what's really funny is the idea of working at the factory that's in the school of good and evil too it's like a total metaphor like nobody yeah. knows what you actually make at the factory exactly. in that either. <laughs> and then they eventually show the factory and it's hilarious like it's oh just, no no but it's just so funny like it's just so stupid and it's obviously like an alternate sort of reality because in this alternate reality uh Weird Al and Madonna become the power couple of the 80s. Oh, nice. And they uh, seek. It's, it's, it's an insane story. It's so much fun, though. And it's got like a, it has like an amazing cast in it. And you're just like, what? What are they doing? How mm. did they get here? So it's a lot of people who do a lot of different sketch work. So if you've seen Wet Hot American Summer, Mm -hmm. you're going to see Thomas Lennon in it. Um, And he was so funny in Reno 911. You're also going to (laughs) see the weirdest cameos you would ever want to see. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it. Oh, I love him. (laughs) It's just like, wait, what is he doing here? Like what? Are, what are, every time Lin Manuel Miranda shows up in anything, you're always gonna ask yourself, what is he doing here? Because he yeah, was in that that Gold Compass remake that they put on yes. HBO a while back. I was like, what is Lin Manuel Miranda doing here? It, it's just like, wait, who? What are they doing? And there's this great scene that takes place at the pool in the 80s, and it's like every random person in the 80s. Like I had to look up. I was like, who is that supposed to be? Like Pee Wee Herman's there. Uh, Andy Warhol, played by Conan O'Brien, is there. So it's like the Ready Player One of the. Yes, end. yeah, it's just it's so stupid. It's so fun. I think I remember reading that it took 14 days to film, and it shows. Mm. But like, it's just. Hey, this is Roku we're talking about. They're doing their best, you know. Yeah, and it's just so funny. Daniel Radcliffe looks nothing like Weird Al, even with the the wig and the mustache. And mm. there's just all of these cameos of pe- people playing other famous people. And you just wonder how they even got a movie made because they must have just been cracking up the entire <laughs> time. So Aww. if you're looking for something silly, something inconsequential, where you're just going to laugh, you know, I would recommend. The Weird Al Yankovic story available on Roku. Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. We're all caught up now. Shall we move on to the big three? All right. Cool. Um, okay. So this first one's going to be a little bit um, maybe contentious because, you know, and I, I'll prep this by saying I'm starting to put together my um, end of year review too, which will be coming up soon. And yes. thinking about the best movies and best TV shows and best games. And then you're going to do best books of the year. Like thinking about all these things. Normally I've got a stacked list of Marvel properties sitting all over my best of at the end of the year list. I want to say last year when we did this, it was like Spider-Man, you know, like was up oh, there right at the top. Yeah. I literally have nothing from Marvel on my end of the year list so far And She-Hulk is just another example to me of how Phase 4 has been literally a pretty terrible failure for the most part. Now, I know you enjoyed it, and I struggled to get through it. (laughs) So 
Let's talk a little bit about what you enjoyed about it, and then we can talk a little bit about maybe what kind of went wrong and why I struggled with it. So um, what what did you like about She-Hulk? Well, I'm going to say that, first off, I agree with you that Phase 4 is just all over the place. It's everywhere. It's everything everywhere all at once. (laughs) But in in a bad way. In a bad way. (laughs) And I think we're starting, are we starting Phase 5 with Ant-Man? Is that what I read? Kang the Conqueror coming in, starting phase five. Maybe because we'll have a cohesive villain, this will be better. I don't know. I don't. There's just like... There's too many characters at this point. I don't know who to care about because you've introduced literally everyone and you're still introducing people. And it's just you're not going to put all of these people in an Avenger style movie. So you need to pick a focus and go and introducing yet another character. We had Moon Knight. We had She-Hulk. You know, we've got all of these character introductions. Well, even Werewolf by Night. Yeah. And they claim that's a one off. I would almost rather that have not been a one off because that was slightly better. But I don't think it's going to be a one off point. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that it's they're going to use it as a way to introduce other characters because allegedly the characters that were in werewolf by night play bigger roles in the blade universe, which a blade is allegedly coming out with Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And we'll talk about that when we get to uh, Wakanda forever yep. as well. Cause we got a big intro there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, here's the thing, like, the first couple episodes of She-Hulk, I was like, what are what are we doing with our lives? Like, tonally, these were all over the place. It was like angry, fighting Bruce, anger, uh, feminism, joking, twerking. I was like, whoa, can we can we find a focus here, you know? So I thought, and it's that last episode that really, I shouldn't say that. It's the episode where Daredevil shows up. Okay, but now I agree with you, but you're also kind of proving my point because Daredevil has been around previously and is a character that we've grown to care about, not a new introduction, right? And that version of Daredevil will not appear in any other universe besides Mm -hmm. this one. (sighs) But he's getting his own show. He is, but like you know that when we return to Daredevil, who was introduced in the MCU universe in, I mean, a reintroduce, I should say, in Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're never gonna, they're never gonna, maybe they'll they'll say like, oh, when you came back from LA, like that will be it. There's no consequence whatsoever besides we just had to have the, the two attorneys in the Marvel universe get together. And it was very funny to see Daredevil doing a walk of shame in his daredevil costume you know i gotta say though daredevil on netflix had a lot more actual attorneying than this did there was not a lot of attorney stuff no she hulk and the attorney stuff that we had i mean you're the actual attorney from my perspective of not being attorney was wildly inaccurate so i can only imagine you were just like kind of cringing it didn't so that was and like i'm saying this it found its footing for me in the last episode, which is way too late yeah. for a show to do it. It found the right tone when the the final episode started off mimicking the Incredible Hulk's opening credits from the 80s. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. 
And also, I liked her. You, and I know this this happens in the comic books where she breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, she did lot. it before Daredevil, actually. So yeah, not Daredevil. Um, oh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yes. Got and it wasn't it, on the brain apparently. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't effective. In no. this And how they did it until they got to that last episode. Mm-hmm. And it's not only that she broke that fourth wall. It was very meta. Yes, it was very meta, and I enjoyed that. That it could have been a one-off because yeah. we didn't we didn't need her origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, maybe just like a like a like a special or like a werewolf by night kind of thing. It could have been like an hour and a half movie where it's like, oh, she's trying to figure this out because the the involvement at the end, like I don't like this whole like society of men who hate women because it's a little close to home. It really does. It was tough to watch. I'm not going to lie. It was. Yeah. And especially for like, just as we watch this, as we're, we're filming this recording, I don't know what we're doing. We're doing something, but there's been so many, um, you know, active shooters. There's been so many shootings. Mm-hmm. And as they reveal these backgrounds of these white male shooters, a lot of them have that background where they hate women. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's not funny to show this because there is a danger in being a woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being by yourself at night, you have to keep your head on a swivel when you're going to unlock your door. It's not, it's just, it's a threat being mm-hmm. out there. I didn't enjoy, you know, sort of that revenge porn aspect to it. Yeah, me neither. Um, also, did I enjoy? I enjoyed seeing Tim Roth having fun. Oh yeah, he was great. He was very good in this. And honestly, Tatiana Mosley, she yeah, she you got it. Wonderful. She was, she was great. Yeah. She did the best she could. I really hated how they made her seem like her real self was ugly. That that drove me crazy. I know. Like, are you kidding right now? Like, look at her. <laughs> yeah, I'll trade. I mean, Stop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also really, and I don't mean to like tread a little bit on your enjoyment of the last episode, but I do question the decision behind creating a character that has that level of power of I'm going to rewrite this movie. Because C- in theory, anything else that she shows up in, the expectation will now be there that she could rewrite the narrative. And that's a, that's a godlike power. But the question, and I haven't looked, not that she would have shown it to me, but I don't know what Tatiana Maslany's contract looks like. Oh yeah. She showed it to me. It's great. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's like, is she going to appear in other properties? I don't don't, know enough about like certain things. So for example, I watched Morbius last Mm -hmm. night. You, Don't watch you, it. You tortured but yourself. I tortured myself because why not? But I didn't understand because I don't know the comics. I didn't understand the implication of Vulture showing up at the end because that's this part. They're part of the Sinister Six. Yeah, um, so probably. I, uh, yeah, that's a weird one. I don't, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> no, but like, so I don't know if She-Hulk is involved in any other properties where she teams up with anyone beyond Bruce? Yeah, I mean, 
I guess when you put it that way, Marvel could very easily come out and be like, oh, no, no, she's focusing on her lawyering career now. She's not going to do anything else. You know, it's done now. You know, like you could and then you could take that power out of the MCU. It was just, you know, I kind of looked at Damien and I'm just like, hey, if she shows up in an Avengers movie, is she going to be like, you know, storming Feige's castle again and being like, you know, knock, 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 time to rewrite the ending? Like, because in theory, now that you've set that precedent people would expect that in the future. You know what I mean? So maybe they will gonna just go, or is she going to go away? Yeah, or is she just going to go away never to be heard from again? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they could in theory do that and it might actually be the safest route to take. I used to trust in the plan, but there's I'm no not, plan anymore. there's <laughs> no plan anymore. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. She might be done. Yeah. That might, that might be it. Yeah. That might be for the best too. So, like I said, I had fun with the last episode. I liked how meta it became. I think yeah. it found its kind of humor in, like, I, she felt like, to me, and like I said, it took a little bit too long, like a fully-fledged character. Yeah. Yeah, point. I just, I couldn't figure out if they were trying to do a courtroom drama, a buddy comedy, a superhero thing, a Sex in the City thing. Like, it just, it was just too all over the place for me. And I completely agree with you that the, the woman-hating thing was uncomfortable because they were trying to address it in the show at the same time that those people were hating on the show in real life. Mm-hmm. So it went, it went into way too many layers of... The thing we're making fun of is happening to us actively, and it was just really uncomfortable and just, oof, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, and I mean, anytime they announce a woman is going to lead a show, anytime there's a woman involved in any property that is, you know, a, a con- either a graphic novel, a comic book, or sci-fi, people get all up in arms mm-hmm. about it. It's like, calm down. I know. Why it's aren't fun. we used to this yet? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. Don't take it seriously. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, so yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where I'm not going to recommend it, but I'm not going to not recommend it either. No, you know? I mean, here's the thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. I'm not going to say, like, you need to watch it, but if you're someone who toughs it out for all Marvel properties. Yeah, I mean, this is just one more. <laughs> yeah, it's one more. They're 30-minute episodes. And this is very short. It's yes. very short. And it gets better in the last episode. Fair enough. So. All right. Moving on to something that went slightly in a more positive direction. Still some problems, though. We have Wakanda Forever. Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk spoilers, people. So if yes. you haven't watched it. It came out, what, like three weeks ago? Yeah, plenty of time. Yeah, so there's plenty of time for people to have seen it. But if you haven't, tune out because we're going to be doing all kinds of talking about spoilers and plot points and things of that nature. You have to for this one. Yeah. Uh, Because you can't really address the complaints that you have until you air those grievances, you know. Um, So, okay, so here's the thing. Let's start off by saying Wakanda Forever had an impossible task. They Mm -hmm. had to make a sequel to a movie where their beloved main star died in real life. And they not only had to address the fact that he passed away in real life, but also that his character has passed away as well. Mm -hmm. That is and also make a superhero movie, which is traditionally a fun and entertaining property. So you've got 
two completely different tonal things that you now have to squish into this movie. And I would say that for the most part, they did the Chadwick Boseman is gone and this is how we're going to respect him stuff very well. Yes. They they handled that quite well. Lots of Agreed. tears. Bring your tissues. Yeah. That was fine. When you got to the actual movie of Wakanda Forever and the plot that they tried to put together here and the story they tried to tell, that's when it starts to fall apart. And I, and, and I'm, the more I talk about it, the more it seems to fall apart. <laughs> well, and that so the first I would say like the first 45 minutes of the movie, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's very heavy. Uh, like Jamie said, they did an amazing job with paying tribute to Chadwick Boseman, even just the Marvel credits. Yeah. You, you could feel everyone in the theater holding their breath because Mm -hmm. it was just, it was so simple, but yet so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine, uh, I know at some point the, the director, Ryan Coogler, he quit because he said he couldn't do a movie without Chadwick Boseman on many levels. And you're just, it's, must have been so difficult to work through your grief about losing a person while you're pretending to be working through your grief. So the performances are very strong. Uh, And the dialogue about him, the the conversations, the, the talk about death and the talk about peace and the afterlife and family and all of that stuff is really, really well done. But then they tried to squish a superhero movie in there. Yeah, the minute, uh, what's his name? Namor. Namor. Comes out of, comes out of the water. It's, it starts to go downhill. Yeah, because at first when you're watching the scene on the boat, you're like, okay, what, what what's going on? Mm-hmm. And it's like, also, can I just say the scene before that, when Queen Ramona's at the UN... Like I was watching the movie and I literally hit my brother-in-law because I was like, look at her arms. Like Angela is just flexing. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, the, the, Removing her from this series was the worst thing that they could have done. It yes. ticked everyone off. And it I guess, her off. yeah, she her went off. and begged the director not to do it. Yeah. And she said, and it was in the same article that you sent me. She's like, I don't argue with directors. She's like, but I argued with him. Mm-hmm. about removing it he, she said it was too much and yep. it it comes down to that whole selfless sacrifice for women in marvel movies yeah this is just one more isn't yeah, it this is it's just like just add it mm-hmm. you know and th- so watching that scene where you're like okay they're gonna try to get vibranium and you're and you're thinking to yourself, okay. And then there's like these protectors of vibranium. Also, I don't know in the theater that you watched, but the trailer was for Avatar: The Way of Water mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why do these people look like the Avatar people? They're blue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is a tough one because, first of all, the the actual comic stuff that they're that they're dealing with here is Atlantis. Um, but they didn't want to do Atlantis for a couple of reasons. One, DC to kind of did Atlantis, right? Yeah. And two, Atlantis is kind of hokey, you know? So what they tried to do is instead of having Namor 
they changed him into Namor, Namor, like no yeah. love. Like they made him Mayan, right? Right. Um, and they made this more of like an imperialist kind of thing. His family was conquered by the conquistadors and wanted to wait to get revenge, but also to save his family. And so they found the MacGuffin and ate it and it allowed them to breathe water. And now they have an underwater city where they were able to escape the, you know, imperialist conquerors and, you know, live out their days in peace and harmony, which is a which is a great update to the Atlantis comic book stuff and a lot less hokey and a lot more interesting and tied to history and i like that they did that but then they immediately ruined it by having this city which is not atlantis turn around and be like we're gonna attack the other minorities who were traditionally conquered like what what are you even right. doing like, <laughs> like it, it made no sense for him to be like we're gonna take everyone down it's like oh okay we're this yeah. took a this took a turn like, yeah. You look like such a peaceful people. It, and and the argument that Shuri had with him under the water about peace and like, you know, being together and and the, she had the best speech with him. And he was literally like, no, I'm still going to fight you. Like it was like the most immature, stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. It made no sense at all. It would have made a lot more sense if they, you know, formed an alliance and then the Namor went after Everett Ross and the, you know, the white people, if you will, who were looking for the vibranium. And then Wakanda got put into the awkward position of, do we honor this alliance or do we, you know, um, go against it and save the, the, the white people who have traditionally kind of been, but not been our allies. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would have been a lot more interesting and it would have made more sense than let's have these two conquered minority cultures fight each other for no reason. Also, let's do it on a boat in the water where the where the, the Atlantis people are so much stronger. <laughs> like, I don't understand that at all. So the, and the other thing as like going back and looking at the movie, it sort of followed the blueprint of the first movie and and i say that because you know we were talking about the challenges that you face in making a movie where mm -hmm. your your character the, has died in real life the main character a beloved character um arguably the best like i'm saying origin but i'm not like so when black panther came out that was the best first entry into the series mm -hmm. if you go back and you look at, and this is my opinion you go back and you look at iron man you look at captain america you look at thor black panther was the strongest first entry in creating a, a you know something that's going to be story. yeah an origin story mm -hmm. so just like you have the the sequel the aspect of doing a sequel is another added complexity when the first one was so good but in in this one, I really, once again, there are spoilers. Like, yes, Killmonger shows up in a sequence. But you look at Killmonger, and yes, he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. But you also had a lot of sympathy, at least I did, towards yeah, his you, situation. You, like I said earlier, you don't condone it, but you understand it. You know, right. um, where he's coming from and, and the, the life he's lived has been pretty terrible. 
Um, you don't really get that sympathy with Namor is where I'm thinking you're going. Yeah. And so it's it's just something where they try to fit it into that blueprint mm-hmm. where they try to create sympathetic anti-heroes. And then when these sympathetic anti-heroes don't get what they want, they decide they're going to take it by force. And it just comes across as whiny and selfish and possessive. And I would like to point out that many people on the Internet have said that Wakanda is a landlocked country. And so how the heck did Namor get there? Well, and here's the other thing. Why is Wakanda always under attack? (laughs) I know. Like, think of all the movies. Leave the poor people alone. Exactly. They're constantly rebuilding. Yeah. Look at Infinity War. Endgame. Yeah, Black Panther, Black Panther yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. They're, it's just constantly putting off attacks. And it's like, all right. Let's, also, let's... they shoved so much into this movie. I feel like you didn't need Martin Freeman in this movie at all. No, and you didn't need Julia Louis-Dreyfus, even though I love her. as. Yeah, you know. I still don't like her character. I respect that you love her as a person. I hate yeah. that character. She did not need to be in the movie. And the only reason why she's there is because she's getting her own thing. And they're like, oh, we don't want people to forget about her. She's only yes. appeared like briefly in Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the end of uh, Black Widow. We, we, yeah. need to, we need to reinforce this. Also, Riri Williams is getting her own show. Quick, quick, get her in. We got to get her in somewhere so we can introduce her because she's going to be, you know, the next Iron Man, basically. Like, that was totally unnecessary. I did not need Riri Williams in this. I liked her as a character. I liked her. I didn't need her in this. It was too many people being smooshed into this all at once and and jamie you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna find this funny um so when the water people came up from the charles i was like (laughs) they should be dead like nothing (laughs) can swim in the charles and be alive oh that's true it's true it's like i wouldn't swim in that water for all of the money in the world (laughs) come out looking like those people exactly so much pollution in oh, there man. it smells so badly and mm. i'm just like why why but yeah so that was my one thing i'm like oh also i do want to bring this up as a final thought because you brought it up um uh again major major spoilers we end up with a new black panther here at the end of the movie and it is shuri and I didn't really have an issue too much with it at first. <laughs> I was like, Ramona. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But then you said that there were people you saw the movie with who wanted either Nakia or Okoye, Okoye. to be Black yes. Panther. And once you said that, I was like, yes, Okoye should have been Black Panther because she was the one who got her status taken away from her. Mm-hmm. She was stripped of her titles. Her armor was given to somebody else. Like, you know she absolutely should have had that redemption at the end to have been Black Panther. She didn't need to be like, uh, you, you could have still had the Midnight Angels who I think their suits look like predators. Let me just say that. But you I, thought, st- I thought they looked like Knuckles, a blue Knuckles. <laughs> From Sonic, yeah. From Sonic. Yeah. So those <laughs> were some weird look. Everybody had weird suits in this. It was a lot of weird suits going on. Um, but I think Okoye would have been a better Black Panther. I know you wanted Angela Bassett to be Black Panther. Um, but, you know, talking about it with you, I do think that they made the wrong choice there and that there were many other very good choices that would have actually made more sense. And, I mean, obviously, 
and and we talked about this as well because there is only one post credit scene, and which was classy. I appreciated was. that. I and you know I think it exists in its own universe. This is it. The tone of the movie, you know, beyond the good versus bad elements that happen uh, with the Namor, it's a closed universe. It's a closed universe. They weren't gonna cheapen what they did. With like, here's spoilers for the next movie. It's like, no, this is a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. And we're going to sh- continue his legacy. And we're just going to show you this. Because I was like, I I don't, I did guess that that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it was probably like a, like a foregone conclusion. But it didn't have to be, right? No, and whenever, because I was joking I'm like I pay very close attention to whatever Angela Bassett says so when she was like there's something I need to tell you about your brother and I was like oh go back in the water no more what were they talking about yeah and I knew like you know and then they never came back to him like oh yeah he's that's why she's in Haiti that's why Nikki is in Haiti mm-hmm. that's why they're keeping him away little Black Panther away mm-hmm. but yeah so I and what is the name because What's the name of the group that Val heads up? Oh, Cause I knew this. Yeah, it's like because it's like Bucky, it's um, Ghost, Punisher, Punisher, Ghost. Uh, the uh, off-brand Captain America. Yeah, off-brand Captain <laughs> America. But like they, so like. The, the people that I saw it with were also like, though, they could have introduced maybe one of them, like give us a little taste of it. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. But I just, I can't remember the name because I know it's coming out. It is coming out. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how best to. Uh, yeah. And also, did we. Thunderbolts. That's Thunderbolts. What it was. Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah. Did, and also, did we need, like, we didn't need her to be married to Martin Freeman's character. No, where did that come from? It, that was, it was so weird. It's absolutely unnecessary. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, you know, be like, oh, but I think she is a bit older than him. Yeah, well, you know. Not a lot, but, like, I the feel like. The heart wants what it wants, you know. Yeah, like, I feel like. Go ask Olivia Wilde, you know. Yeah, it's true. You know, like, here's the thing about Harry Styles. I never found him attractive until he came out of One Direction, and then I'm like, who's this little guy? <laughs> and he's it's funny uh, how that happens, isn't and, it? And the other thing is, he and Stevie Nicks are very good friends. So I'm like, that's so cool. He inducted her into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Huh. So I'm just like, he's a he's an old soul with great hair. Mm-hmm. So all right, but yeah, I mean, definitely. So Wakanda Forever can it can't you can't live up to the first Black Panther movie. It's been the most exciting entry for me since um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And I would I would agree with you on that. Yeah. And it took too long. It took too long for a, a, a good movie to come out through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Are we ready for this one? I can't wait to talk about this. Let's do it. So it took me like a solid year to watch this movie. But no, me too. We had been talking about trying to do it like back when we were doing 
Uh, oh, God. The Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. We were we, convinced that this was going to be a better multiverse movie. And we and just never got around. We never got around. Yeah. But we were right. Not yes. only was this a better multiverse movie, but this is my, this this movie. Oh, my God. We're, yeah. I mean, should we just, no spoilers. Well, Ooh, we'll going to be about, tough. No, okay. we'll talk, no, I was going to say, we'll talk about it in a, like our year end sort of stuff. But I think this is the number one movie for both of us. Yeah, no, it is. It's not even like a. There's yeah. nothing close to it. Yeah, it's that good, and that weird. And and I want to say it reminds me a lot of Kung Fu Hustle. If you've not, if you've ever seen oh, Kung Fu Hustle, oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, it has a similar type of humor as Kung Fu Hustle, but the message in Everything Everywhere All at Once goes far beyond. You know, the little kind of believe in yourself message that you get from Kung Fu Hustle. This is. It's an amazing movie. You are going to cry over hot dog fingers. It's just, I know. it's that kind of a movie. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. It's but so it's weird, so but it's so good. I know. I'm like, what am I watching? Like, but it worked. It, it, it worked. did. It did. And it's like, I just, I feel like they, so like Multiverse of Madness you know, if you had a scale, right, say you had a scale from one to 100 and 100 would be the craziest, wackiest multiverse stuff you could possibly imagine. Right. Multiverse of Madness. They didn't go far enough. They were at like out of 100. They were at like a six. They didn't have enough multiverse stuff. They went to like three different worlds. That was pretty much it. You know, they they really disappointed in the multiverse. Everything everywhere all at once is like a 98. <laughs> it's like way at the other end of that wackiness scale. And the, like the way to enter the different multiverses was so random. Yes, you have to do something that you wouldn't normally do. And my favorite line from the whole movie was, if you get stuck, just pee your pants. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I don't know how much I want to say about this movie because I feel like everyone in the whole freaking world should watch it. But I do want to say two things. First, I want to talk about how this needs to win all the Oscars. Yes. Especially Michelle Yeoh. Now, I know nothing. Have the Oscar things been done yet? Have those no, been, okay, no. Okay, when does that happen? They should be announcing... Well, we'll, we'll get a little sneak peek because the golden globes are in january okay. usually the weekend of martin luther king but everything everywhere all at once is mounting an oscar campaign it needs to win everything and um they're saying and this is you know we'll, we'll see what happens i'm i've read in different places that jamie lee curtis may win for her performance as supporting actress she was so good but here's the other thing they're saying that angela bassett might be nominated for black panther oh so no. it's it's very difficult also i didn't want to admit this when we were talking about black panther but i had to go to the bathroom during the scene where oh. angela bassett strips a koye I was like, oh. I gotta go because I was training for a half marathon. I was all hydrated, oh, and I had no. to get up. 
Uh, you'll watch it again, and you know I what? I will watch it. But that I was do want to watch Wakanda Forever again. I want to watch it on Disney Plus because I needed subtitles for this movie. I feel like I missed a lot of dialogue, so yes, I do want to watch it again. But anyway, but Michelle, that's so Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis, every and Data from the Goonies. Yes, everybody needs to win an Oscar for this movie. Their special effects team was five people who learned how to do special effects on YouTube. They need to win an Oscar. Like this whole freaking the googly eyes should probably win an oscar like the whole movie should just win statues it's it's so true and you know watching the movie it it you know we talk about multiverses but it hits on so many different levels it's a heavy movie it's It's a a funny movie it's a fun movie it's a fun movie to watch but man when this the credits roll you're like you're crying yeah and you're thinking (laughs) about how smart Mm-hmm. It really was, even in the stupidity, even mm-hmm. when like during the fights mm-hmm. and how they would go from different, um, you know, multiverses. Talking about that office scene. My uh, favorite multiverse was Rakakuni. Oh my goodness! Like, and I also was cracking up because Michelle Yeoh is such a mom. Like, you know that Rakakuni? You loved Rakakuni? And she's like, what? No, Ratatouille. What are you talking about? Like, it's like, (laughs) but that was, it was just so random and so funny. And whenever they would pan to Rakakuni, I would crack up. Oh my God. (laughs) This movie. Okay. Okay. So here's the other thing I want to talk about. I feel like this movie will be analyzed by classrooms for years to come. Oh, I thought about that. Like, if I was in college, I would be writing a paper about this movie. Yes, you absolutely could. Here's something that struck me. The names. Now, I could be totally reaching here. I could be totally reaching. But here's what I think. Okay. I think everybody who really was named was named for a reason here. So, first of all, Evelyn has the word Eve right in her name. Oh, first woman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And obviously her daughter's name, Joy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then we have Waymond, who is like <laughs> an alternative spelling of Raymond, right? Yes. But it seems on purpose to have the word Way in his name because he's the one who shows her the way to that- fight. That's right. true. Deidre's character, if you look her up, is known as the auditor. So, oh. see, I think there's something here, and that's not it. So it keeps going. Her father's name is Gong Gong. So Gong Gong is actually a Chinese water god who is destructive and blamed for various like catastrophes throughout history. Oh, okay. So I think that there's something to the way that they named these characters in here. And I don't think it applies to everyone or everything, but I feel like they definitely put some thought into um, even like um, Joy's alternative name, which was uh, Jobu Tabaki. Yes. So that looked to me like an anagram. And I messed with it for a little while, and the word utopia is right in it. 
So again, I don't know. I could be reaching. These could all be coincidences, but I feel like they really put some thought into what they were naming these people, why they were naming them, what they were naming them. And just even if it's just these minor little things, there's just a lot of them. You know what I mean? Well, I thought like even just one aspect of it is like obviously the the mother daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. But then you also have like the intergenerational relationship and the husband wife relationship exactly and and they all have their stuff going on and it's different stuff right but i felt like in each you different multiverse there was still similarities of you know the threads that bind the ties Mm -hmm. that bind there is so i mean it was just like it is a movie where talking about it for a long time after reading everything that Mm -hmm. I could about it and I feel like it's still only the tip of the surface like it's just it was that good it was that fun it was so quirky I've never seen anything like that no and even just like their knowledge of philosophy you know like Jobu Tabaki is just being like a nihilist like a real run-of-the-mill you know nihilism kind of thing and then Raymond being the exact opposite of that um and suggesting on the one hand nothing matters absolutely nothing matters Mm -hmm. but if nothing matters then everything matters or at the very least we get to choose what matters so it's just the way that they get that across without actually physically saying it is just It's, it's so well done yeah, like if you went to it, if you went and watched the movie, you could take a very superficial view. Sure. Of the of the movie and be like, oh, that was cool. The special effects, the 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 costumes, all of that, so cool. Mm-hmm. But really, like digging down deep into it, and just the the cast was so perfect. Everyone was perfect in the movie, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know if. It's the first time I've seen a movie like that in a long time. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much going on with it. I mean, I just want to read the papers that people are going to write about the metaphors in this, the 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 metaphor, the symbolism of the laundromat. You know, yes. like what do you do at a laundromat? You you wash stuff away. You make stuff clean, you know? The the symbolism of the googly eyes, you know, um the the universe with the rocks. Whoa. Oh, that was <laughs> Right? Like, it was just, like, suddenly you're in a universe and there's just two rocks talking to each other. And you're like, okay. Yeah. When she was chasing her as a rock and it's like, I'm going to get you. I (laughs) laughed so hard. I was laughing when she was like, just just chill. Just be a rock. Like, we don't have to talk right now. And it's like. Oh, God. This movie. I want to watch this movie again. I feel like. I'm hoping it comes to something some kind of streaming service eventually so that I can sit and watch this again. Cause I will, I will want to watch it again at some point. And I will say like, you know, the handful of people that I know that I make recommendations to and watch it, every single person has loved it. Yeah. And that's very rare across the board. Yeah. That everyone's sure. liked it. Yep. So I don't have anything else to say other than the fact that I would like to go eat a bagel now. <laughs> and also that was so ridiculous and I had eat I had had a bagel before <laughs> I watched it so I was like whoa like it was the Keanu Reeves whoa yeah wow 
So it wasn't an everything bagel, but it was a plain bagel. <laughs> You'll never look at everything bagel again no, in the same way. No, and it's just, that's what I mean. Like, it's just so clever. Yeah, it it's was so really clever. good. All right, everybody, this is our recommendation of the year. If yes. you have not seen this, it's on Redbox. You can rent it for like four bucks. Just do it. It is 100% worth it. Sit if you down. happen to be on a JetBlue flight flying west, <laughs> do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really great. It's great. All right. We're, we we got a long one today, so we'll we'll try to move through. You know the, what? Uh, I know. We are actually faster than I thought we would be. Oh, yeah, you're right. We're not too yeah. bad. I thought we'd yeah. be clocking in around two hours. I think we'd be there I thought before too. two hours. Oh, All yeah, right. I think so. We're doing it. All right, here we go. So our three questions to ponder. Question number one, you and I both watched Nope. Now, yes. um, the question I have, uh, you know, speaking of uh, of metaphors and things like that, this was a very metaphor heavy, uh, symbolism heavy movie. And um, the question I had is what the heck was Jordan Peele trying to tell us in Nope? Because I think there was a very clear sort of lesson here somewhere, um, especially with the flashbacks to the ape. So I'm curious what you thought Jordan Peele was trying to get across to us in Nope. You know, it's it's difficult for me to say because I think you enjoyed the movie more than more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I had also I still do for whatever reason to have Paramount Plus. Oh, I want and, Paramount Plus. I got to watch some Star Trek, man. Oh, I'll give you my my login. Oh, God, I love you. Yeah. So I, I had watched, Star Trek fixes. I had watched his Twilight Zone. OK. Oh, sorry. Squeeze and me. I thought it was going to be deeper than it was okay okay it it kind of reminded me of nope in that it was just i felt like it was very superficial a superficial commentary on man right i think you could take it a couple of ways because first of all on the one hand nope is a sort of superficial creature feature monster movie that reminded me a lot of like jaws you know it's it's Mm kind of had that that monster movie feel to it but I feel like there was definitely more going on about, first of all, surveillance and and film and fame culture. So the whole point of Nope was they wanted to get, uh, like, they're, they're not trying to kill this monster. Like, that's not the initial goal. Right. The goal is to get it on film. So to get because, money, right. So, to get money, to get, <laughs> so fame, they can, so they can save the horse farm, et cetera. Yes. And when you look at how fame is treated in this, this movie, there is a definite message here about the dangers of surveillance culture and film culture and getting things on film and how we view that. Because you look at say like, um, uh, what was his name in the movie? Um, Stephen Ewan's character, Jupe. Okay, so you look Jupe. at Jupe. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, he started out as a child actor who lived through this terrible ordeal where the fame and the filming and the money were more important than the respect. The respect for the actors, the respect for the, the animals, the respect for anything, really. And it ended in total disaster. And he didn't learn his lesson because he turned right around and thought that just like they thought they could control that monkey 
in that original show, he could control the creature by feeding it the horses. And he was purposefully doing that in order to reclaim and reget that fame and that money and that, you know, look at me kind of kind of thing. And all it literally took was for one horse, God bless you, Lucky, <laughs> to not run out there. It took one horse to just stand there and say, nope. And his <laughs> whole thing came crashing down and literally everybody died. You know what I mean? It was just that one, because he didn't have the respect. He didn't learn his lesson. He was too obsessed and not respectful of the creature, not respectful of the horse or the big creature in the sky. So I feel like there's definitely like a, a lesson here about that 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 culture of surveillance and filming and fame and how far will you go, you know, in order to to get that? And is it worth it? I mean, look at the director who gave his life to get that shot. Yeah. You know, it was ever so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's like, like you said, it's kind of like a cultural aspect where they wanted to go viral. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's better to be known. It's like that whole Andy Warhol. Warhol. Everyone mm -hmm. has 15 minutes of fame. And right, but there are also people whose fame gets denied. Right. Because you think about the story they tell about the black jockey. Yes. Everybody was cons everybody knew the director who did that film, but nobody knew the jockey who rode the horse, you know. So it's also about like acknowledging those people who were denied that fame, that journey, you know. And that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, because I did I did look it up. I was like, oh, yeah, that is mm -hmm. that is the first. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's also kind of like a late stage capitalism, you know, a critique. Uh, Jupe definitely represented that, you know, this 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 for profit spectacle that he was kind of putting on and how it basically took everybody's lives. I mean, none of those people who were there to view that show knew that there was a risk for them to get killed doing it. No, no. You know, and he didn't tell them, you know, well, because he didn't he didn't think it was a risk. Right. Because he was too caught up in the the fame and the money and the culture and the lack of respect was was there you know hmm. yeah you thought about it way more than I did I, I know mean, I, I I enjoyed it I thought they did a good job with it I I think it was it was a creature if you want to watch it it's a creature feature if you want to dig into it there's definitely more to it than than just cool monster and I mean I, I mean I still think that Kiki Palmer did an amazing job. That was his sister? Yeah. Mm. And Daniel, I always mispronounce his last name, and it's horrible because I get upset when people mispronounce my first name. Kaluuya? Kaluuya? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was... Was he also in Get Out? Yes. Okay, yeah. So he's one of, like, I... I don't know if anyone else calls them this, but, like, the Jordan Peele players. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, there are just certain <laughs> people that he likes working with. Uh-huh. Um and Nolan does the same thing. So you Yeah, know. they have their like little crews where yep. it's, you know. But I thought it was an it was such a quiet performance. It was almost too quiet. And then you get to the end and you realize that he's not he's not understating the performance. He's been silenced. Exactly. And then he 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 only has a chance at the end to kind of come out and 
And I like love the shot of him at the end on the horse where it was almost this like lone ranger hero shot where he like rides up at the end. And, <laughs> you know, I, I did. I'm, I'm looking up his name. Was it Brandon who worked at the the electronics store? Oh, yeah, the, the Fry's Electronics, which was a yes. real place they went out of business. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like I, I think you I hope I'm convincing it. you a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, because I know that it did hit. Did it hit Peacock or yeah, Paramount? that's where we watched. I was like, I was like, yeah. I know it. I know it hit something recently. So it's like maybe I'll watch it again, but it was just Even it was like, so it was it's, so, it's very understated and it's slow. Yeah, it for me it was so the first the opening scene with the monkey. It's like mm-hmm. what is this? Mm-hmm. How are they going to circle back to this? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, with Get Out and Us, I was able to understand the message clearer. Yeah, this one was no hand-holding at all. Exactly. So it was kind of like, okay. And like I said when i talking about it, it's kind of like you're anticipating that there's going to be a twist. And I don't think there was a twist. Not really. It was like a gradual reveal. If you were paying attention. This was more about history repeating itself over and over again. And I feel like if there was a twist or some kind of message, it's it happens at the very end when still at the very end, she's trying to get a picture of the creature as it's trying to eat the balloon. Right. And she's cranking the well camera yes. to like get the picture. But then at the very end, when her brother rides up on the horse and she realizes he's alive, she walks away from the picture and it's there. And it is a beautiful shot of that creature. But she mm-hmm. doesn't care anymore because she's finally breaking the cycle and going to her family instead of going for that that fame, you know? Yeah, that fleeting fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but so good yeah. on you. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it another shot cool. because there because there isn't a twist, and no. I think that's you know when you watch Get Out, you're like oh, and when you watch Us, you're waiting for that twist and it's revealed. But this isn't this isn't twisty. No, it just kind of goes. So, uh, oh yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. All right. Okay, All right, second right. question. Second yes. question. Should Netflix just cancel The Witcher? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So why don't you um fill in our audience here as to what exactly is going on with our beloved Henry Cavill? So <sighs> I'm just like I think it was such a weird way weird way to introduce what was going to happen. There was an Instagram post, or I should just say social media because I'm on Instagram. So it could have been to other places Mm. where, where Henry Cavill states that this upcoming season of the Witcher will be his last. And he is handing it off to Liam Hemsworth. And Liam Hemsworth also posted, like, I'm so excited to take this over. And it's like, what is going on here and what is going on and i'm i'm i guess i'm going to spoil i cuz i've read about black adam the movie with the rock yeah and that's that's fine i don't think you're spoiling um, too much here well henry cavill shows up as superman mhm it's a post credit scene it's a post credit scene but that's his in- reintroduction into 
DC because he mm-hmm. was kind of done playing Superman, but now he's back playing Superman. And DC is like, guess what? You're going to have to quit the Witcher because your contract says something here. So just mm-hmm. quit and come back to this, which everyone thinks sucks. And don't be in the Witcher, which everyone loves anymore. So this, it actually is more twisty than that. Oh, okay. That's it. See, that's the Alin version. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the, like, version that everybody kind of knows. But it goes, it goes deeper. Oh. So here's what you got to think about. That scene that you're talking about um, in Black Adam was only filmed about, let's see. It, it was, was at the Rock's insistence, wasn't it? Yes, and it was filmed in September. Okay. So, and The Rock, like you said, he fought for to bring Cavill back as Superman. Like, he really wanted this. And the people at DC kept saying, no, 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 no. And eventually, it was kind of, I, I assume it was because Dwayne Johnson won that they brought him back. But that scene was only filmed about a month ago. Now, if you look at the timeline of when... Cavill announced on Instagram that he was leaving and that Hemsworth was replacing him and then Hemsworth confirms it, right? There is no way in hell that that happened after the filming of that scene for Black Adam. It had Um, to have been before because you were assuming you've got, you've got to have the negotiations. You've got to have the hiring process. I'm sure they didn't have Hemsworth just sitting in the wings being like, okay, you're the understudy. You know what I mean? Like, I just imagine he's kept in a dark room just pull him out. They pull him out. Yeah. yeah, They're just like, Oh, they're like, like, Chris said, no, they even asked Luke Hemsworth. mm, I guess we'll take Liam, I guess. Um, but my thought is, and I know a lot of people that agree with me on the internet, we know for certain that Henry was unhappy with how The Witcher was progressing because it is not, it's not following very closely the plot and the ideas of either the books or the games. Um, and that he actively has, has disliked, and he's talked about how he has actively disliked the source material. He actually asked to be put in charge more, to direct to to help with the screen adaptation he wanted more control with the source material so that because he's a super nerd about the witcher and he loves the character and he wanted to have more control um and they netflix basically said no which i think was the stupidest thing they could have possibly done like they do a lot of stuff yeah let the dude do it let him act let him direct let him write the freaking thing for all i care he's probably going to do a better job but instead what happened is with they saying no he said i don't want to do it anymore and he had a yearly contract with them for this so they couldn't say anything about it and there you have it I, so for me, not knowing anything about the games or the books and being like a newbie yeah. to the Witcher universe, I cannot picture anyone else but Henry Cavill as Geralt. No, I can't either. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm very familiar with both the games and the books. And I can tell you this most recent season kind of went off a cliff in terms of following the source material. Um, especially with Yennefer's character, and a lot of people were mad at that, um, Cavill included. And um, it, you know, it, it rather than sort of adhering to or honoring the source material, it's making references to the source material, basically, which is not enough. And um, I, I do agree with him. I, I agree with you that I can't see. I, I'm I'm out. You know, after season three, I'm probably not gonna watch 
somebody else be girl? Well, and that's what, like, I'm just trying to picture Liam Hemsworth in the, in the costume. Mm. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, Liam Hemsworth, he's an attractive guy, but he doesn't have the bulk of Henry Cavill. Or the presence, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, you know, no, no offense to... You know, well, I don't, I don't really care what DC. Some thinks. offense, yeah. <laughs> some offense to DC, like he, he, it's not known for its acting. Like I think in any superhero movie, and that's something where it's like it's very difficult. You don't see a lot of people being nominated for best actor. Right. So the Henry Cavill's work as Superman is not particularly strong, but it makes it look like he should have 17 Oscars compared to Liam Hemsworth's resume. Yeah. Also, I feel like Henry Cavill has done a lot of stuff for Netflix and they should just do whatever they can to keep him around. Like, don't you alone and Nola Holmes. I forgot that he was. Yeah. Like just let him freaking handle the Witcher. Like, what do you, what do you have to lose? You lost your star. Like, I mean, ugh. yeah, it, it's it's done. I don't see I don't see how it can recover, even if it has like the best writing. And they go back to the source material in a in a better way, like you're saying, I just I just do not see Liam Hemsworth being able to f- fill these shoes. No, me neither. So there you have it, folks. Season three will officially be the last season of The Witcher. Yes. And if it's not, it is for us. Yes, it's dead to us. <laughs> Just like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, um, you watched Bake Off, right? Yes. Yes. I have did a, you see the ending? I did. Okay. So I think maybe, maybe we will both agree that the the correct person won. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Did you, did you not? I didn't really have a favorite this year. She was my favorite. By default for me, as it, as it continued to go on. There's normally people, like, I was obsessed with Chigs from last mm. season. Like, Kim, there's just... Kim Joy for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's just someone who I find that I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm rooting for this person the whole way. It didn't really shake out that way. Yeah, I really me. liked Yanush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just so chill. Yeah, he was. I think somebody pointed out that he wore a different color from the pride flag every week that he was on. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, you know, I just love, I like he was, he was good, but like in watching so many seasons of bake off, you now kind of see when they start to linger on a person, you're like, Oh, they're going home. This week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you, you learn the camera tricks. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, Oh, they're going home. Yeah. You can see that's, the, the, the writings on the wall. Yep. So Bake Off has been doing some weird sort of around the world stuff that has been mm-hmm. almost universally panned. You mean Mexican week? <laughs> yes, and Mexican. Japanese week. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just hasn't gone well for them. And um, whenever they try to handle American style desserts, uh, it is a little bit hit and miss for them as well. But yeah. the biggest miss that we've seen such far, leading to my last question did Bake Off completely ruin s'mores forever I mean, in England? For, <laughs> like, first of all, you don't make your own marshmallows. No, you don't. However, no. I would say that's probably the least offensive thing about this. 
<laughs> I would actually take some homemade marshmallow on my s'mores. Like, I think I'd be okay with that. But what is up with the freaking digestive biscuits? Well, yeah, it sounds so gross. I feel like digestive biscuits are something like, are you not feeling well? You should have digestive biscuits. To That's help exactly what they are. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want digestive biscuits. I don't want biscuits of any sort. And also, we don't put dark chocolate ganache on our s'mores. I don't really know what's up with that either. Yeah. So anyway, I found this article, and I'm just going to read you some of it, right? Um, where they talk to Prulief about the the s'mores debacle, if you will call it, right? And this was her response. Well, we don't have graham crackers in the UK. Oh, that was the only problem? <laughs> and then she said... Um, the whole idea is for bakers to make their own interpretations. If it's a bit off, well, it's quite fun. And I like it when the public says, that's not a s'more. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that uh, they were a little bit um, misinformed about what a s'more was. And then they just kind of took their own ingredients and cobbled something together and called it a s'more. But honestly, you cannot have s'mores without graham crackers. And graham crackers are also amazing. So if you don't have graham crackers in the UK, you need to get some of them cookies all up in there right now, please. Yeah. And the other thing that, you know, I, I saw as a as a referendum on this is like you have to burn the marshmallow. You have to roast it over a uh, an open flame. Yep. Which, Didn't they which, have, like, those little hand torches or something? Oh, God. <laughs> I think it would have been cool if, as part of the um, contest, they had built them a campfire, and they actually had to cook it over a campfire. Yes. Yeah. And here's the other thing that I just want to go off about the, the Great British Bake Off, is they're all, like, every single technical. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know what this is. I've never seen this. There's only three steps. But they all come out looking the same. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're just like, I don't know. I'm is. pretty sure they're looking at each other and, like, just copying each other. They're, like, plagiarizing their bakes. It's just, like, one of those things just like, oh, okay. They don't know, but they all look the same. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. like. It's like it's like for s'mores. It's like bake s'mores. Number one. That's My it. favorite one was when there was just one thing and it said yes. make a lemon meringue pie or something like yes. that. It was just it was just one line. That was it. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I mean. I'm just like okay, but they all look the same. Cool. Hey, I'm not gonna stop watching Bake Off. No, I love Bake Off. We're gonna and in fact the holiday special. We're doing the specials. holiday special. Yep, we're doing a holiday special. Our next show will be a holiday special. It'll be it'll be episode 33 and a half. It's gonna be yes. very brief because we're just gonna be basically covering the baking holiday, um, Murderville does Christmas, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, which I've already watched I and I want to watch. watch it again. Okay, I gotta watch it. I'm probably gonna watch it today. Mm. Let so me know. let me know what you think. All right. So, hey, that clocks us in at like an hour and change. Almost. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, there's still 13. Like if I got out of work 13 minutes early, I'd be happy. Hey, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right right now. Take what we can get. All right. So as always, we appreciate that you like, follow and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is a dumpster fire floating down (laughs) a river of gasoline. So. 
Uh, just search for Three Speech and look for the bears. And uh, that'll do it for us until our Christmas special. We will see you again soon. Thank you, Alin, and thank you to our listeners.